is going to be a, a, what we call ministry appreciation service and day uh, for all of the ministry uh, uh, people, people that serve in the ministry. We just want to show our appreciation for uh, your devotion, your labor of love. And so today is going to be an abbreviated service, which means everything is going to be hot, black, and like hot coffee. Amen. Uh, we're going to be out of here in a few minutes, uh, uh, maybe about 11.40ish. We're going to transfer and transit to the fellowship hall area where we're going to have all kinds of foods and drinks available, refreshments for everyone. So uh, even though you may not be serving in ministry, you are part of the party. Amen? Amen. We want you to come in and have a blast. Uh, so just so we know that. Amen. And also... Regarding Dr. Mark Ambi's meeting, uh, yes, we actually proposed to start the meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning, but since, since we did the commercial or the infomercial, we readjusted the time to 11 o'clock a.m. on Saturday. 11 a.m. on Saturday. That's to allow all of those who will be participating with us from out of town enough time to travel and be here. Amen, so they don't miss anything. So again, that time on Saturday... It's 11 a.m., not 10. Praise God. Thank you very much for listening. Okay, let's dive quickly into the word this morning. Uh, uh, I am just going to go back and highlight a few things that I said last Sunday. Still speaking on the Christ-like love. And I cannot emphasize to us enough that whenever we get this message and truly, fully get this message on God's love, we're going to be on our way to a different level. You see... In prayer this morning, Pastor Shina prayed beautifully about the grace of God, us receiving the grace of God, and the grace of God being released upon us, and all of that, and all of that is so true and accurate. But we need to come to the point where we understand that grace travels on the rails of love. Grace travels, flows, and is released but you can only connect it because there's a love there waiting to receive it. John, James, um, no, not James, John 1, 17, the Bible says, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came by and through the Lord Jesus Christ. So even though grace is all around us, oh, I'm, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm having a grace party. Grace is showing up everywhere now. You see, because, you see, for me, this is not just a message I'm preaching. I am telling you, I am 100% immersed in it. And as a result of that, I'm seeing things happen in my life that I never dreamt thought was even possible. But it's grace. It's grace. But that grace, in order for that grace to really, really begin to manifest itself, you have to have a good understanding of this love of God that makes grace available. See, because for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, he gave his only begotten son. So it was love that allowed grace to show up. Come on, come on. Yes. It was love. God can be described in so many ways. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all of those good things are true and accurate about God. But the core, the core of who God is, 1 John 4, verse 16. God is love. And apart from him being love, everything else don't count. You've got to get that. 
Because if you get this love issue, this culture of the kingdom, this issue of the fact that God is love and therefore has given us love and wants you and I to express love to one another, ah, I left here on Sunday and said, Bank, I did not do a good job enough to explain to them what I was trying to say. Because now, I realize that all of the blessings of God in Deuteronomy chapter 28, where it says, if you do this, you get this. Elevate you above all the nations of the earth. Bless the fruit of your womb. What you lay your hands upon shall be blessed. You bless coming in, going out. The head and not the tail. Above one and not beneath. It is all in the Old Testament. And we realize that we are living in a new covenant. But the ingenuity of God in not wanting to discard all of the blessings and the promises of the Old Testament. It says in Romans 13, Coach, love is the fulfillment of the law. In other words, every, blessings of, every promise of blessings I gave in the Old Testament. I'm not going to throw them away. You don't have to do to get as in the old. The only thing you have to be in the new is just love. Because once you love, you fulfill the love, the law. And therefore, all of those blessings become yours. Oh, no mind nothing but love to one another. Romans 13 verse 8. And then it says, love is the fulfillment of the law. So, don't try to obey the Ten Commandments. Don't try to do that. Don't try to do this and don't try to do all of those 613 laws. Forget all of them. Only do one thing. Can you do one thing? Can you manage just one thing? Can you just do one thing? And that one thing is what? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. That's it. That's it. That's the only requirement under the new, te- new covenant. Love. But not only that, to see how incomplete the old was. Watch this. Under the old, it gives us all these laws that we're su- supposed to do or work in, but did not give you ability or power to do them. Now, look at what God has done. He said, oh, no man, nothing, but love one to another. A new commandment I give to you. What's this new commandment? Love one another as I've loved you. Okay, Jesus, how am I going to do this? I couldn't do the old. I was unable to do it, but how will I do the new? He said, I've given you the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And what's his job? He's shedding abroad in your heart the love of God. So not only is he telling me to walk in love now, he gave me the Holy Spirit whose job it is is to share abroad in my heart the love of God. Yeah. So not only do I know what to do, I also have a, an equiper or helper, an aid, an assistant to help me do what I have to do. Yeah. Oh, no man, nothing but love one to another. And love is the fulfillment of the law. How many of you want all the blessings of the Lord this morning? God says he will elevate you. Let me read them to you. Let me read them to you because I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. I counted about 18 of them. Number one, he will elevate you above all nations. 
Uh, is there any takers? Number two, you'll be blessed in the city. Is anybody taking that? Number three, you'll be blessed in the country. Number four, you'll be blessed in the fruit of your body. Number five, your productivity and business will increase. Then your resources will increase. You'll be blessed coming in or going out. God will defeat all of your enemies. Your bank accounts are commanded to increase. Whatever you touch will be blessed. He will bless you with properties. The Lord will establish you as a holy people and all the earth shall see that you belong to God and be afraid of you. God will grant you plenty of goods. God will grant you treasures from heaven. God himself will empower you. You shall lend and not borrow. You shall be the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath. Oh, hallelujah. All of those blessings are available to you now as a result of you just loving. That's all. That's all. Just walking in love. Now, today is a, a special day. We appreciate all those that serve in ministry. And, and as such, I just want to, to highlight one or two things as we, as, we, as we engage in this dialogue. Last Sunday, I told you there were four things in a Christ-like love. Number one, that that love is selfless. The love that God shows to you and I is selfless. We saw that in John chapter 13, Jesus laid aside his garment. In other words, he removed his glory and his beauty in order to serve us. Number two, that love is steadfast. It's not depending on what I do, who I am, what I'm doing. Ah, I'm so glad this morning. God's love is steadfast. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what you are doing, no matter what you have not done, that love is consistent. Ah, it was lamentation that says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. There is nothing you can do to make it cease. It is steadfast. He loves you today. He will love you tomorrow. He will love you when the ages are over. There is nothing you can do to add to it or take away from it. It is steadfast. Think about that. And then number three, Christ's love towards you and I is sanctifying, which means he corrects me and you with a point not to punish us, but a point to get us back on the right track. Sanctifying love. It brings correction in such a way that it doesn't break you, it doesn't destroy you, it doesn't diminish you, but rather corrects you in a way to get you on the right track. What a love. And lastly, Christ-like love is serving. And that's where I just want to spend a minute or two as we appreciate those that serve in the ministry with us today. Now, I want us to look at this in two ways. Number one, as individuals. I want you to be able to live here today understanding that your call as a husband, as a wife, or as a child is to love one another and to do so through serving one another. 
there are things you are looking for in your relationships. That if you just walk in love and demonstrate that love through serving, they will just show up without you even having to open your mouth. It's a fact. It's a fact. Serve one another. Little things. It's not the big things. Just little things. Being considerate of your maid, of those living together in the same house with you, or perhaps even those working with you on your jobs. I was reading the book uh, maybe about two weeks ago now. And this guy who wrote the book said he became challenged in service because the man who was discipling him, when he went out to eat and perhaps go to the restroom, to use the restroom, the guy would wait behind the restroom just cleaning down all the commodes and wiping down all the face bowls. And he said, wait a minute, why are you doing this? This is a public area. Why, why are you cleaning it, the toilets? You're not paid to do this. He said, yeah, I'm not paid to do this, but I want to serve, serve the next user. I want to serve the next person who will come into this toilet so they will feel good about using the toilet. Wow. That guy said the guy never had to teach him how to serve, but he saw him demonstrate it and he picked it up and his life is changed. His life is changed. I'm talking about simple things. Jesus took layers of his garments. His garments of beauty and of glory. God became man. Not just a man. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, even though it was God, he did not count it robbery to be made, to be made in the form of a servant. And how did he do that? He did one of the most menial, despicable jobs that any man would do while washing the feet of those disciples. And in so doing, demonstrated for you and I what service is all about. But not only that, he says, now what I've done to you, go do to one another. So husbands, I want to challenge you this afternoon. Serve your wives. Oh my God, I only get about two, three amens. And while I'm on it, wives, serve your husbands. Yes. <laughs> no, seriously, we, we need to balance it up. Find little things to do that will bring value, add value to your spouse. And remember to teach your children to understand service and give service. So they don't think they just live a life of entitlement. That they're just breathing so you can serve them and bless them. No, it should be mutual. If we don't teach it, we have to deal with it when they get older. Men, please just, just, just hear from me. I'm telling you, it works. Your wife will have less headaches at night. Ah, oh, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm speaking I'm speaking the coded language now the, those stomach troubles at night they will diminish they are healed in Jesus name but not because you prayed for them or fasted about it but because you served them my wife, my wife and I we drink this Thai tea every morning and while she's still in bed I go and fix it I fix one for me, fix one for her. Even while she's still laying down. Amen. And I discovered something amazing. amazing. 
the headaches are all gone. No more headaches. So you think, listen, if, 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 if tea takes care of headache, you think I'm going to fix more teas? Absolutely. Every morning. I know what my call is. I'm fixing me some tea. It works. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is it truth? The other side of that service is what happens corporately. Individually, I just told you what you need to do. Find something that adds value to your mate, to your children, and also from kids back to you. Find it and do it. Do it. But corporately, when we come together in a corporate setting, it's amazing that God, being who he is, understood what needs to take place and he took the time to write to us and put it in writing. In the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle of Moses, which was a more complicated building than this. So in order for worship to take place and for things to work properly, and you can read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 23, God made it very clear that he assigned the role and the duties of taking care of this very complicated edifice to the Levites. Let's just go there. Let me just read one or two verses. And I'm, I'm almost done. First Chronicles 23. So there is, a, there is a personal application where we serve one another and there's a corporate application where we serve in the ministry. First Chronicles 23, verse 3. Now the Levites were numbered from the age of 30 years and above. And the number of individual males was 38,000. Of these, 24,000 were to look after the work of the house of the Lord. You see that? 6,000 were officers and judges. 4,000 were gatekeepers. And 4,000 praised the Lord with musical instruments, which I made, said David, for giving praise. Amen? And I go to verse 24, same chapter. These were the sons of Levi by their father's houses, the heads of the father's houses, as they were counted individually by the number of their names, who did the work for the service of the house of the Lord from the age of 20 years and above. For David said, the Lord God of Israel has given rest to his people that they may dwell in Jerusalem forever. And also to the Levites, they shall no longer carry the tabernacle or any of the articles for its service. At this point, David changed their role and their duty. Okay? But the point I'm making is this. Not only do we have personal application of service to one another, but there's also a corporate application which God is calling us to serve in his house, by that I mean in his sanctuary, so that the, uh, the service and the worship of God can go orderly and in a way where we can have an enhanced ministry experience so that God can be glorified. And for that reason, back in the day, he chose the Levites to do so. One or two things you need to know about the Levites. The first qualifier, number one, 
is the fact that they were joined in their heart to God. We see this in Genesis 29, verse 31 or 41. I'm, I'm not sure exactly which verse. Genesis 29, verse 21 or 31. Or 31. Levi means to be joined. So the first qualification for them was they were joined to God. They had a heart knitted for God. They have a heart for God. So I'm saying to you, if you're here, you're listening to me, and you have a heart for God, you qualify to serve in the ministry. You're welcome. We need you. We're looking for you. Number two, they help in the ministry of the priesthood. They help in the ministry of the priesthood. In other words, Aaron and his sons did not do ministry except from the help that they received from the Levites. So the Levites were very, very uh, helpful. They attended the sanctuary duties, they protected the king, they repaired the temple, they played the music, and let me just leave you with this. Um, let's go to Joshua chapter 13. Joshua 13. Joshua 13. In verse 33, Joshua 13, 33. Look at what it says. But it, to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he had said to them. So what I'm saying to you, as we round this up, for every one of you who serves in the ministry, and for those of you that will make the decision to, con to join and start serving in ministry, first of all, from Pastor Shannon and I, we want to thank you so much. We want to thank you for your labor of love. We want to thank you for service. We want to thank you for serving. But second of all, and more importantly, you need to know from God's promises that because you do serve in the ministry, God says, he is your inheritance. Besides what thanks we can give you, what accolades men and women can give you, you need to know. God is saying to you this afternoon, he, Jehovah, is your inheritance above everything else. And so with that sense, with that understanding, I want you to have a totally different mindset for your service to God. As you say, whether you're an usher, you work first impressions, children's ministry, prison worship, uh, whatever you do to make sure that the worship of God goes on well. I want you to know God is your inheritance. And you need to draw on that inheritance from time to time. You need to draw on it. You need to believe it for yourself and you need to draw on it so that you can receive the manifestation of what that means to you in your, your time and your place. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. Father, we just want to give you thanks as we take a pause to just acknowledge, recognize those you've placed among us 
who labor together with you in the ministry of the sanctuary. Whatever the roles they play, whatever the duties they have, we just want to bring them before you in remembrance this afternoon. You promised the Levites that you will be their inheritance. Above all the other blessings that we have in and through you. And so, Father God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, that you will begin to manifest in the lives of your people their portion of the inheritance that you have for them. Whatever the need is, we convert that inheritance to meet that need. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, this great grace of yours has been poured upon us. Lord, I receive for every one of them the manifestation of it. God, even as I'm enjoying it right now, ah, yes, your word is true. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that you've prepared for them that love you. I'm getting a foretaste of it. God, I pray that you overwhelm them with a manifestation of your goodness yes. as only you can. Thank you. Thank you. I call every need in their lives met. I call them blessed, Father God. Coming in, going out in the name of Jesus. Yes, that they are the heads only and not ever the tail. Above and not beneath. That you cause them to be elevated above all nations. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree an increase in their bank accounts. Cause favor to pursue them and overtake them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for their life, health, and strength. That they are sound in their mind, sound in their body. In the name of Jesus, they are made every bit whole by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We bless you, we honor you. We praise your name because you are a great God. There's none like you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for your grace. We receive that grace this afternoon. We embrace that grace right now. We are settled in your grace, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving us the grace. We accept it, we receive it, we have peace in it. We thank you for it and we see grace working for us right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.